Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the 12th Man Rising Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Kevin Daggett and Lee Vowell. And welcome to the 12th Man Rising Podcast. I'm Lee, and with me is the star of the show, Kevin. Kevin, how are you? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm doing better than I thought I'd be after the, watching that first quarter on, on Sunday. Jeez. <laughs> God. I was... Uh, I was... I was thinking uh I was thinking it was really gonna be a lost season. It still may be, but I was thinking, man, we we looked not great in week two and looked really bad in week three. And the way they started off in week four, I was just like, Oh my gosh, this team's gonna suck. It's gonna be like a five win team and then and then they did something to be honest, I didn't think they had were capable of, at, at least as far as the offensive defense coordinators. They made adjustments in the game instead of halftime, and both the offense and the defense looked better. I mean, even when Garoppolo, Garoppolo was in the game, Garoppolo was in the game. Um, I mean, he was completing all his passes, but they weren't really doing a whole lot. I don't. What do you think? No, no, they weren't. And I, the five was it five three and outs. Like, are you, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, that defense isn't that good, and our offense isn't that crappy. And then, yeah, Garoppolo, I mean, he was completing passes, but it wasn't it wasn't killing him like, like Cousins was over the middle and, you know, all the time in the world to, to pass. Jeez, I mean, that was ridiculous, uh, that game. But, no, he wasn't. And, but you're right. I mean, they, they had – they haven't shown that they can make adjustments during halftime, let alone during the game. So it was a little bit shocking. Yeah. Yeah. You're right about that. That's true. I should definitely have pointed that out. And it wasn't even halftime. It was really the second quarter. And they, I mean, I, 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 I'll say this. Yeah. I mean, Sidney Jones got beat on a, he looked rusty. Um, he got beat on that touchdown throw when he really should have been playing inside or over the top instead of, behind the receiver and then he got beat you know well the defense got beat uh, in the second half when they he just ran the wrong he just had the wrong uh, scheme going on and, and on that wheel route and he looked like he was playing man instead of zone everybody else was playing zone and that guy was wide open kind of like freddie swain was um and what was it week two i guess against the titans same thing happened basically but um i'll say this sydney jones was not perfect but at least on every throw that I saw towards him, except for that one, that was clearly a blown coverage. He at least was in the area and looked like he could 
potentially be a decent cornerback for them, as opposed to Trey Flowers, who's 10 yards off every time. Yeah, that that's what irritates me. And I noticed that first thing is that they're they're not he wasn't playing off them. DJ Reed was was still playing off him, but Sidney Jones was in their face. And I, I don't know why they haven't been previous to that. But I looked at some stat and they it seems like they gave every passing yard to Sidney Jones getting beat. I mean, it was like he like a what, 180 yards against him. I'm like, were all those his fault? I mean, this guy, I mean, the guy's new to the system. And if you listen to, um, I, I listened to the Pete Carroll, Hugh Millen conversation. Cause I mean, Hugh Millen's not a fan of Jamal Adams. And so he was trying to get Pete to say that was Adams fault on that play. And Pete wouldn't say whose fault it was, but Pete, he, he asked Pete, you know, Hey, do you guys run this? Cause everybody runs this. And Pete goes, no, we run a lot of different things off that play off that, off that, um, that look. And I'm like, okay, so you got a guy that's brand new to the team and you run several different options off of a look that's supposed to be run a certain way, but you expect that guy that hasn't been with the team that much to know all those options and to know where he's supposed right. to be. So excuse me. So when I heard that, I was like, you know what? I can't blame Sidney Jones for that. I mean, it was a blown coverage, obviously. And if it's on him, it's on him, but I'm going to give the guy a break because it was his first game really playing in that defense. I didn't, I don't think the Seattle defense is all that complicated, but I guess maybe it is. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I heard that same conversation. That was, I think that was when Pete was like, why are you so concerned about this one play? Exactly. <laughs> so he kept asking about it and it was like, give it a rest. It's kind of what Pete wanted to say. Yeah, I am. Maybe he gave up those yards. I mean, how long was that pass? So was that a 74 yard pass, something like that? It I mean, the pass was long. It was a yards. long one. Um, but um, but I mean, that was it. And then that touchdown throw where he got beat. But I mean, take out a couple of plays. I still he was not perfect, but he still was better. Potentially, I saw more potential in him than I did in Trey Flowers because Flowers is what what he is. And maybe he comes up and makes tackles, but. I mean, that Vikings game looked like the Bills game from last year when everybody was so wide open on every play. Um, it was just frustrating. And when they came out again, I mean, they weren't really giving up the same kind of throws. May, uh, Garoppolo may not be the quarterback that, that sounds weird. Kirk Cousins is because it's not like Cousins is fantastic. He's better than Garoppolo. But the Vikings had much better receivers overall than the 49ers did. So maybe that was part of it, but, but I, that, that Vikings game was just embarrassing. It looked like the bills last year and it, thankfully they won in week four, um, you know, and offensively, I know you've been an Alex Collins fan for a long time. He, he actually, no offense to Chris Carson, cause he didn't have he, what he got, he got on his own, but Collins looks explosive out there. Um, both running and receiving. I think he's he's the clear number two running back on this team, even if Rashad Penny comes back completely healthy. I agree 100%. He, yeah, he proved it in the preseason. He's proved it in the games that he's played in. Carson's number one. Carson is the workhorse. And, and you know, he gets – Carson's going to have a more difficult time because he is Chris Carson, you know, and he's – there's going to be a lot of play on him. Alex Collins is going to get some yards, but as Alex Collins gets a little better and 
people start seeing it, they might focus on him a little bit. You know, when Collins is in there, I'm sure it's not, oh, you know, they're not going to play the run like they do when Carson's in there. But you're right. Al- Collins is a good receiver, too. I mean, he is – he's got good hands out there, and he's a very versatile uh, back. And he just – he seems to look – he looks a lot fitter, seems a lot more explosive, like he said, and just a lot, lot quicker than he used to be. Yeah, I mean, DJ Dallas and Travis Travis Homer, when he gets a carry, you know he's not going to do all – which – he got that carry on what was it third and seven or whatever. I was actually okay with that because at that point in late in the game, he's not going to fumble. He's not a turnover machine, and giving him the ball and letting him pick up eat clock and pick up a few yards, I was fine with in that situation. I just don't want Travis Homer to be carrying the ball five times a game. Um, you know, Carson and Collins need to be it, and then if DJ Dallas gets a player too great and homer just needs to be in there for blocking because he's a really good blogger but he doesn't need to be running the ball and penny and if penny ever plays two or three or if Penny ever plays three straight games again i'll be shocked as, as sad as that sounds but you know he's he i don't know why is he still on the team can he not be cut why not cut him bring somebody in yeah <laughs> i agree i i think i said cut him before the season started but you know they're not going to because of where they took him. But, I mean, yeah, yeah I agree. Let's get rid of the guy. We can find somebody better than him pretty easily. I mean, look at the, that. What are the, the 49ers are on, what, their sixth running back? Jim, but Christmas. Yeah. I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah, which makes me worry the next time. I mean, the 49ers are snake-bitten injuries as far as last year and this year. But it makes me wonder or worried next time they play when they actually get a bunch of their running backs back. Because one thing they had to kind of do was throw more probably than they wanted to in this game. And, you know, that's with Garoppolo, that's not going to work. I thought Trey Lance was, he was okay, you know, for, for his, for he, he's not a pure passer. Some of those throws, even those, that throw to Debo Samuel jumped up five feet in the air to make the catch. Some of those, the receivers were helping him out. And he he wasn't overly accurate, and that might be something that comes with time. Um, he's got a really strong arm, and he's got a ton of mobility. And I think once he gets acclimated, and the 49ers use him all the time. I mean, at this point, I'm playing Trey Lance from the 49ers because what do you got to lose? Yeah, well, that, the thing about it is, is I, I I'm not sure one. I agree with that totally because I think if a guy, I mean, the guy's good, obviously. But if he can sit and not play and not be the number one guy and and learn a little more, not that, you know, you might have to because Garoppolo is not, as you say, Kurt Cousins, <laughs> which is funny to say that now that I say that. But, and he's always hurt. I mean, yeah, and so you might have to play Trey Lance. But I think, you know, these guys that can sit for a year maybe, um, I think it does them a lot of good because it is such a big, there's such a big difference between college and NFL. You know, the guys are half a second faster running at you and 30 pounds bigger. And, you know, so it's just, it's a different game, but yeah, especially going yeah, from he, North he, Dakota state to the NFL. So exactly. He's obviously the future, but yeah. So is Freddie Swains, he's the, he's the new uh, David Moore, right? He just comes, so. keeps making plays. Yeah, and since uh, Josh Gordon is not playing, he went to play somewhere else, so I guess <laughs> we won't be looking at him. 
Did you see he got activated for this week? Yeah, so I did. He'll be playing for the Chiefs, not for the Seahawks. And I didn't no. watch any – well, I watched very little of the Buccaneers-Patriots game. I, I saw enough to see Sherman out there. I don't know how he did. I mean, that's tough going to a new system too. I don't care how good of a cornerback you are. But those are two guys who I still think should be Seahawks at this point instead of wherever else they're playing. Um, now, Seahawks have a few – few injuries story about Carlos Dunlap man this guy he got hurt late in the game he was getting held every play going around yeah. the corner it was ridiculous they didn't did they ever call him I mean, one was a clear hold on a big what was it fourth down run for or fourth down play for them what third or long whatever it was I mean the the offensive lineman was just clearly holding him right in front of the ref I don't know how you missed that I just yeah, I if, think Schlera said something about it. He goes, oh, they got Carlos. I'm like, he didn't block him. He grabbed his jersey. I mean, yeah. as you're as you're commenting on how well the offensive lineman is, it's they're replaying the play, and it's an obvious hole. But you're giving credit to the offensive lineman for a good play. I'm like, geez. <laughs> yeah, I mean, every time he was kind of coming around the corner, every time they would grab his. I mean, that's that's a hold. I don't know if yeah. if that's not a hold, then. Yeah, I mean, the NFL does change the rules for to help the offense, but that's ridiculous. I mean, that's that's keeping the player from being able to do anything. But anyway, he's he's got a turf toe or something, so he's kind of questionable for Thursday. And they, he's they definitely need him Thursday. But before we get into the uh, Rams game, we should tell you about the autumn time. The autumn. Autumn is in the early, as you know, and pumpkins are in the patch. And our friends at Manscaped are here to make sure that you don't carve your pants pumpkins when grooming, if you know what I'm saying. Make sure you're keeping things fresh this fall with the leader in male grooming and their brand new fourth generation performance package. Boys, get ready for a cuffing season like no other. Ready to take the leap into fall with Manscaped? Join the two million men worldwide using Manscaped by joining Going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with code FANSIDED20. It's time to bundle up the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Inside this package, you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Trimmer, which I know you have that, and I got one too, and it is a pretty darn good product. Uh, The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and the Travel Bag to Hold Your Goodies. First off, the new Performance Package 4.0 includes the Lawnmower 4.0. If you're looking for a, to cozy up this fall, this summer, this trimmer is essential. The fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to the advanced skin safe technology. It also gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave, and it's waterproof. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker to chop your worst weeds up top in your nose and ear. The nose and ear trimmer uses a 9,000 RPM powered motor, 360-degree rotary dual-blade system, and provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. Seal the deal with Manscaped Liquid Formulation, the Crop Reviver Ball Deodorant, Everyone knows pumpkin spice lattes and ball deodorant go hand in hand. Then our trimming, then after trimming the pumpkin patch and whacking the weeds, give the balls a boost with the crop reviver. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts from their performance package 
0.0, the Manscaped Boxers, and the Shed Travel Bag. Get comfy on the home and go this season. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the fan site of 20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off free shipping with code fansided20 at manscaped.com. Make your balls a priority this fall. Choose Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. <laughs> Pumpkins in the patch. That's interesting. Yeah, so, um, your, your pants, your pants, pumpkins. <laughs> <laughs> Who came up with that? It's a marketing <laughs> department, I tell you. <laughs> That's funny. It's um, like the old, I always love the old Rainier beer back in the day. Pumpkin <laughs> patch, pants. That's pretty good. Um, uh, also, it looks like Sidney Jones and DJ Reed are going to be the starters at corner again for the Seahawks uh, against the Rams, which makes sense. But according to this goes to show you how sometimes pro football focus grades don't really matter, or a lot of times they don't. As far as the offensive grades, the five highest for the Seahawks offense were Russell Wilson, who was fantastic, especially in the second half. It was nice to see him run for a touchdown, then scramble around and create that play where he threw it to Freddie Swain for the touchdown. Metcalf, Swain, then Travis Homer was number four. So no offense to Homer, but it's like, okay, what'd you do? And then um, exactly. the, Seven the, low, yeah, yeah. the lowest grades were the tight ends, Disley and Parkinson. I'm not really sure how you're supposed to grade the tight ends when, I mean, maybe some of that's blocking, but I thought they were fine. Jake Curhan was number three. Chris Carson was number four. It's like, okay. And then defensively, the highest grades were Quandre Diggs, who I thought was fantastic. He was flying around the field. Um, Ryan Neal, who they they changed to that like six uh six uh secondary players package which i thought worked really well uh, at least it did against the 49ers i don't know how it'll do against anybody else but ryan neal's got it's kind of a strange player because he's just he asked it does goes out there and you know he's not a well-known player and wasn't when he joined the team and he just, just constantly makes plays so um then dj reed and al woods and then the bottom five were Sidney Jones, of course, as you pointed out, he gave up 300 passing yards. Eh. But he, yeah. he still, he looked, the defense looked better with him out there. Jordan Brooks, Bobby Wagner, and Alton <laughs> Robinson. It's like, did Bobby Wagner play badly on Sunday? Does he ever play how badly? Could you, how could you, I mean, even if he did, which he doesn't, how can you put that guy in the bottom? That's just stupid. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure what they wanted from Bobby Wagner, what they think he didn't do. Anyway, that's pro football, pro football focus grades. Um, so uh, we have an extremely short week. The Seahawks play the Rams back in Seattle. It's the only second home game of the season. Um, and the Rams are three and one. The Seahawks are two and two. The Rams, of course, looked fantastic against the Buccaneers two weeks ago. And then they, they made the Cardinals look like the Cardinals are a Super Bowl team. Um, this past week. So my, my concerns going into this game are that uh, Matthew Stafford is a whole heck of a lot better than Jared Goff and knows how to release the ball without getting hit and fumble so much. And he's, even though he's not a perfect quarterback, he's a very good quarterback and he's definitely very better than Goff and better in that system. And then defensively, I mean, Aaron Donald seems like he always gets six sacks against Russell Wilson in a game, right? So um, those are my biggest worries. What about you? 
Well, yeah, I, I agree. I, I tell you what, that I, I like that Ryan Neal kid. I liked him last year. He, you know, he had a few great games and come out. Finally, we got an interception with Conde Diggs. But yeah, I think this whole after the way the 49ers really beat the Packers, okay? So if you think the Packers are good, the 49ers got to be pretty good. Well, then the Seahawks beat the 49ers. After the Seahawks got spanked by literally, I, I think they pretty much got spanked by the Vikings. And then you've got the Rams who beat the Buccaneers. And then the next week get beat by the Cardinals, who the Cardinals at the beginning of the season were probably the supposedly the worst team in the NFC West. And no offense to anybody with any mental health diagnosis, but, I mean, this whole division seems to be bipolar or a touch of schizophrenia. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's just – it's all over the map. And anything can happen Thursday. I mean, which, which Seahawks team shows up, the first quarter team or the second quarter team? And which Rams team shows up? The ones that beat the Bucks or the one? And I, I guess the Cardinals are that good. I don't know, but I think aren't they the only? They're the only undefeated team in the league right now, aren't they? Yeah, I guess they. I guess they are. Um, After the Raiders lost last night, I mean, yeah. seriously, I yeah, don't. The Chargers are for real, by the way. Just yeah, throwing they that are. <laughs> they are scary. My um, wife loves that Her, Herbert kid. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I think he's fantastic. I think he's a really good quarterback. Um, yeah. I know that the Seahawks team that will show up is the Action Green uniform Seahawks because they're going to they do be pretty good with those, don't they? They do. They, in fact, they. I wonder. I don't know who chooses it. If the NFL is like you're doing the Action Green uniforms, or if it's up to the team then itself. But they wore them when they beat the Rams. Was it two years ago? It seems like forever ago when Tyler Lockett made that ridiculous catch in the end zone. And then Russell Wilson kind of rolled out to his left and then threw it in a tiptoed catch from Tyler Lockett, which was phenomenal. I think it was two years ago. It sounds ridiculous. But are the Rams are the Rams going to be wearing their yellow? Because that's a that's a <laughs> highlighter. That's a tough one to watch, man. You need to wear your sunglasses. I don't know what they're wearing. I, I thought the like the home team got to wear the things. But who knows? But um, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I guess one good thing, a, a positive going into the Rams game is that while the Rams still have a really good defense, it's not as good as it was last year. I mean, they just lost so many people. So, um, you know that that is that is something that hopefully with Shane Waldron knowing, and this is a two-edged two-edged sword is that a, is that a thing anyway it, it was shame double, double-edged double-edged there you go um going in against the rams is that he had coached against that defense for several years <clears throat> as a member of the rams offensive staff however the rams also kind of played against that offense that, that shane waldron runs so it'll be i don't know if, how that will go if it's more just personnel on personnel um but uh, as far as yards per play so far uh, this season, the, the 49ers are 11th in the NFL um, and the Seahawks are 23rd. But the Rams, are, who were first in everything last year, are 19th. So just barely ahead of, of the Seahawks. So they're, they're giving up some yards. Um, and then I never look at total yards when it comes to defense because that's misleading. You could have. You could have a team that scores so quickly, and then the other team just eats up yards. Um, and 
the other team still wins with a great offense. But, you know, as far as as far as sacks go, the Rams were putting tons of pressure on teams last year um, and, and really shutting everything down. But this year they're they're not as good there either. I mean, they're they have a 12 sacks, which is mm, fourth worst in the NFL. So, of course, that'll all change. I mean, the, the 49ers had, what, three sacks in the first three series against the, the Seahawks. But the Rams' defense is not as good as it was. And hopefully this offense is – maybe they turn the corner in week four. Right? They look they look good in the first half in week one, and they look good in the week in the first half of week two, and then every, the whole team sucked in week three. But maybe starting in that second quarter on, they've kind of found themselves – and, you know, the personnel still trying to figure out Shane Waldron. Waldron's probably still trying to figure out how best to use his personnel because none of them played in the preseason. So that gives me a hope. And then I guess uh, defensively, um, as it'll be interesting to see what the Seahawks do if they try to stick with those six, you know, defensive backs. I guess Adams was playing more of a linebacker role for a bit. But if they – if they – um, can come out and be aggressive instead of laying back and let Stafford complete pass after pass, kind of like in the Vikings game. I think the Seahawks will win a close game. They also kind of, you talked about schizophrenia that happens within the game, every game for the Seahawks. They could, they could get blown out by 30 points. I really have no idea what to expect Thursday. Yeah, I don't either. Not like it's after watch, I'm watching when I flipped over and looked at that Ram score, I was like, Wow, this Thursday game is actually winnable now. I mean, if the Cardinals can beat them, I mean, we who like you said, who knows who's going to show up? But is, Trey Brown's going to is he he's going to be available? And then that other guy, um, what's his name, Austin? Um, yeah, bless Austin. So you know, maybe have some more guys to try out back there. But yeah, I hope. Um, you know, I'll be honest with you, I don't think Jamal Adams is earning his $17.5 million. And I, and I was, a I was a guy that said, just sign him no matter what, but that dude needs to step up. Um, Russell Wilson had some moments of old Russell Wilson this past week, which I was encouraged by, you know, he did that spin move and a couple extra moves to get out of some things, which I was encouraged by. So, you know, there's some, there's some shades of, uh, of the, the Seahawks of old and the Seahawks that could, that could run the table. Um, it's just, it's so frustrating because this team is, seems to be historically a slow starting team. And I hate that. And last week was, I mean, five, three and outs. It's like, Oh my God. I mean, <laughs> I can see, you know, you usually, you, you're one, you usually the first series of the game, you're a three and out, but I mean, Literally negative yards, other except for that touchdown drive in the second quarter. I mean, they would have had negative yards in the first half. It's like, my God. And what, they only had, what, a total of 250 yards? Yeah. But, I mean, it, it sounds weird, but it's like that really all happened after – most of it happened after halftime. So it was yeah. like, okay, you take that. And you're right. It's and that, I think that's the thing that makes me – hopeful and worried is that you you pointed it out 100% correct which is they're a slow starting team but in the first two games they came out like bam 
And it's like, yeah. okay, this this is very unusual for the Seahawks. And then week three happened, and then the, you know, the, then they've gone, they kind of went back to the way they normally are in week four, which is oh, they started horribly slow. And if they'd played, if they'd been playing a team with a better quarterback and a better offense, they would have been down so much they would not have been able to come back. To be honest, but you yeah, know, one they did. one thing that one thing that was encouraging too is what I think we had three penalties for yeah. not too many yards, which which tells me because when there's penalties, I think it's a lack of discipline and a lack of attention to de- just a complete lack of discipline, and you're not paying attention. So to have Cut down on the um, the penalties is a, is a huge deal for me. You know, just get your get your stuff under control. You know, meant there was no um, you know major outbursts and anger issues and people getting in somebody's face. So it looks like that. You know, somebody got a little couple people got some talking to there. So that's good. But no penal low on penalties was encouraging to me. Yeah, and and you're right because if they had been their normal selves what little to no yards they got in the first half would have been negated by any penalties that they had. I guess maybe they were doing so badly. They, they couldn't, they weren't doing well enough to even get penalized. <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. The Rams, uh defensive rushing defense actually too is 26th against uh, yards per rush allowed 4.6 or something like that. Um, 4.7. And they've allowed the 27th worst amount of, uh, rushing touchdowns too. So I mean they they've got holes. And Seahawks just they need to play a complete game to win. And and they against the Rams they always seem a little snake bit anyway. But anyway that that's our our show. Unless you, is there anything else uh, we should point out that I've forgotten because I'm good at that. And there'll well, be some major signing after we sign off, of course. Will be or not signing as there was last week, which I don't. I still don't understand that. That still pisses me off, especially for what he what Sherman signed for. That's just ridiculous. You know what that tells me though? That tells me is that he went to the Buccaneers because he thinks the Buccaneers can win a Super Bowl, which they can. But you know, because all of this, it's so incentive laden. I mean, if if they don't do anything, if he went to the Seahawks, you probably wouldn't meet any of those incentives. But you know, you go to the Bucks, you're probably going to meet all those. But yeah, I, I um, that's about it. I, I don't, I don't really have anything to add. I just, it was um, a surprising game. I, I um, in that first quarter, I was like, here we go again. But then they got it <laughs> together. And you know, although I don't, I don't think the 49ers are all that great of a team. Um, it's a win, and we got a home game this week on Thursday night with the green uniforms let's get it done boys yeah exactly i mean if they can if they can somehow win on thursday and be three and two after these first five weeks and at some points looking like the worst seahawks team i've seen under pete carroll that says says a lot so anyway but that's our show and as always kevin has the final two words go hawks